Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Dadhood Podcast. This is episode 15 with Yusuf Qalam. Yusuf is a fundraising manager at Muslim Aid and he is a brand new father. His daughter is only one month old. And this episode, I tell you, is amazing. Uh, I probably stayed, this is one of the episodes where I've stayed silent the longest because his story about his wife's pregnancy and the labour and the birth and everything is just amazing. Literally, you need to take your time out to listen to this. I was going to um, fall into tears while he was telling his story and you guys might as well. I also must say that uh, this episode ends quite abruptly because my son walked into the room and he knocked over my camera um, and so we had to sort of end it there. Uh, so, uh, you know, I didn't say to Yusuf uh, on, on, on camera, so I must say now that may Allah bless your daughter, may Allah bless your family. It was amazing having you on. And uh, for those of you who get to the end of the episode, you'll see that it ends up properly. So this is your warning. Anyway, make sure you subscribe and you can find this Dadhood podcast uh, on all the podcast uh, streaming platforms, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, so you can follow it on there, uh, download it on there. And you can also obviously watch it on YouTube. Um, so drop a comment, drop a like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. And uh, let me know what you think of this episode. Assalamu alaikum Yusuf. Thank you for coming on. Welcome to the Dadhood Podcast. Glad to be here, man. How are you doing, Good, alhamdulillah. I'm good, I'm good, I'm well. Uh, I wanted to catch up with you for a long time. And as I said uh, to you, let's leave it for the podcast because everything that we were going to catch up about was pretty much going to be about you becoming a new father. Mashallah tawarakallah. So usually I ask the guests, uh, you know, how many children do you have? How old were you when you had your, your children? But um, there's no need for that. Let's go straight straight off the bat. We know that you're a brand new father uh, and your daughter's what, maybe a month old now? Literally a month today. No way. Yes. <laughs> yes, good good timing, bro. Good timing, alhamdulillah. See, we were going to do this last week. You did this on purpose, innit? You're like, let me get to the exactly. one month mark. <laughs> It needs to be memorable. Mashallah, mashallah. Okay, wicked. So look, we're going to go uh, straight into that and the whole journey behind it and how you felt throughout um, sort of the, the pregnancy and also this kind of first month. And I think I've only had one other person on before that has spoken about their immediate experience. The first episode I did was with Barakul Taha. But the difference with him is that he already had two older children. So his immediate experience was with his third child, who was a newborn at that time. So with you being there, done that, being there, done that you know, we had we had conversations about you know other things that he's more experienced in. But with you, your fresh meat, this is like new territory for you. So I think this is gonna be inshallah beneficial to other uh, brothers who maybe are thinking about having children or are in that process and they need to get maybe some idea of, of how it is. Obviously, everybody's journey is probably unique, um, but uh, I think there there's a lot that we can learn from other brothers' experiences because I don't think it gets talked about much, especially the early years. Uh, even like in, in, in my own research that I do for, for this project, I find that there is... Not loads, but there are more services catered towards uh, fathers who have children that are maybe from four or five years old up until teenage years. But there's nothing really 
nobody's really talking about those early years. Maybe that's because typically in our cultures, uh, that's more kind of the mother's duty and the fathers might not get involved so much. But I think that's starting to change. And um, uh, I think clearly with you, there's there's a difference there as well. As in, um, I haven't spoken to you about it, but I imagine that you're somebody who, I'm not going to say... Uh, it was fun to go through that. There was obviously difficulties, but I think you're somebody who took it on. You wanted to experience what it was all like. So let's go into it, bro. When you found out your wife was pregnant, what was going through your mind? Bro, when I first found out, alhamdulillah, it was just, there isn't another word to describe it apart from joy, like, not not concern or worry, but just that exci- excitement. Really? Were you not scared? Thing. I wasn't scared because we wanted to have children. And I think I would, um, I'll go back to that as well, because what I found, um, especially when I was about, when I was younger, bro, when I just got married, yeah. I was quite naive in the, in the sense that I thought that if you wanted to have a baby, you can have a child. You know, it's, it's the standard norm. You see everyone who's married, give it four or five years or maybe even two, three years and they have children. Yeah. But as, once I got married and I started speaking to a lot of my friends, um, even what's called uh, the community around me, I know I started noticing that people were having complications, mm. you know, and even just the, my, my my inner and outer circle, I knew people who had stillbirths, uh, people that had miscarriages, yeah. people who have been trying to have a baby for four or five years. But when me and my wife decided that we did want to have children, I didn't take that for granted that look, mm. this journey might not be easy. This journey might have some trials and tribulations. Um, so once the, I did find out that, you know, we, we was going to have a child, I was so ecstatic. I was, I couldn't believe it. I was over the moon. But at the same time, because of all of those, all of those things that have happened around me, mm. I didn't want to get too excited because I didn't want to let on to my wife that, oh, we're having a child. And I was very careful to even use the word baby because right. I was mindful that, you know, if we hit that three month period and anything does go wrong, she's going to feel that I've lost a child. I've lost the baby. And I've, I've had friends and contacts who have gone through that pain and difficulty. So I was very mindful not to use that language. I was like, look, it's, it's fine. It doesn't mean anything. It's not even anything. So right. I kept saying that. I got to a stage where she's like six months pregnant, nine months pregnant. I'm still like, no, it's not a baby. It's not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, you know, like you see, you see the um, sonogram and all those things. So I was trying to um, defer all of that um, as much as possible just to manage expectations and trying to avoid her you know getting upset potentially getting upset uh, yeah. about the loss of any child that we might might be experiencing so yeah. that that was the first um hurdle or um thing that was in my mind that people around me are, are finding it difficult mm-hmm. um to conceive people around me was called have had uh, the trauma of miscarriages and stillbirths and i didn't want to put that um that onus on on my wife and myself um yeah. so for let's try and as much as possible and we try to keep we try to keep it private uh, as as long as possible as well uh, until we, we felt that it, it was a good enough time to share that news with with people but bringing it back to your first question I think the biggest thing was excitement I was like okay look now the journey begins and you know I need to get ready um, yeah. so there was excitement there was, there was happiness there's a few tears but <laughs> all in all yeah I, I, could, I couldn't I couldn't wait to be to be a father mashallah mashallah that's good that's a good sign that, that you're going to be a great father Inshallah. Uh, but do you, going back to that point that you, you mentioned about um, 
people in your community having complications and that you didn't even realize that do you think that that's an issue that it's it's maybe a taboo it's something that's hidden it's not something that's that's spoken about or do you think that's naturally what happens like people just don't want to talk about it and um that's just naturally what happens or do you feel like actually it's wrong people should express themselves so it gives other people a chance to understand that this is normal So I think um, this is where men and women are very different. Uh, what I found is when um, when a husband or whether a father experiences that type of pain, or even a brother, you know, loses a child, yeah, they try and keep themselves busy. Like they try and compartmentalize it that they've lost yeah. this person or they've had a miscarriage, and they're, they're upset, and their main focus is their wife because uh, she's finding it more difficult emotionally and I feel that women naturally are a bit more sensitive a bit more emotional mm. um so even uh, people around me who have gone through that um they've they've the, the brothers again they, they're quite closed you should you have to try and uh, extract it for them and they usually refer back to their wife they look what's my wife's going through this pain and they can just maybe speak about it they they release and have that release and then that, that's it they move on whereas a female will just continue even even if it's past even if they continue to have children they still speak about it and that, that that's become very um very clear to me in in my circle and my, my outer circles or even when me and my wife have discussions about what's called people that we know we realize that the brothers and the sisters deal with grief in a very different way yeah um and I feel that you you see females express it, whereas the brothers try to keep it a bit more close and they don't want to speak about it. And I think what also has a, happens in our community is, and, and I was a victim of this as well, to be honest with you, because um, and you know it's only later on when I realized that it's, it's so common amongst my friends, family, my community, is that we can easily say, oh, Shreib, you've been married for four or five years. When are you going to start having kids? Yeah. But what we don't realize is they might try they might be actually trying to have kids mm. but for whatever reason us from Tyler hasn't given them that that uh, that um that opportunity yet and that can become stressful in itself mm. that family and friends are pressurizing so to speak uh that couple like when are you gonna have kids you're getting older you're not getting any younger yeah and what they don't realize is they might have be having those struggles but they don't want to really speak about it openly or they might have had that trauma of uh, miscarriage. And again, it's not something they, they want to relive. Um, whereas when I speak to about, when a few brothers opened up to me, even me, I was a bit caught off guard because yeah. whenever my group of friends any, anyway speak to me about um, uh, trauma or difficulties or uh, their feelings, it comes, it's quite alien. We never really speak about our feelings. So when it does come, come uh, when they do open up, I don't really know how to react. Whereas yeah. with my wife, you know, I, I you know, constantly, you know, I'll, I'll hear her her problems or her day day to day uh, trials and tribulations, but I never hear it from um, a brother. So when that happens, I think it's it's from both sides. The brother even having the courage to open up, and then when he does, the friend or the colleague, how to respond is quite alien to, to people. Yeah. So I think that is quite a difficulty. I think it, people should have a space to open up. Yeah. Because I think what people would realize is it's more common uh, mm. than than they're aware of, and they can actually give uh, good advice in terms of how to overcome that, or, or how to support their wife, or even how to deal with it with themselves. Because yeah. what 
we tend to do is we just bottle it up or we have different outlets. You know, we'll, we'll just get, uh, go to the gym or we'll end up doing more work or we'll just um, leave, leave our house because we, yeah. we're trying to have that space. But what we're doing is we're not really um, dealing with it face on. And that's going to eat, eat away our eight away hours, you know, without us are realizing. So it's crazy yeah. to be honest with you. Trent. And I, and I think, I think maybe sometimes uh, uh, brothers, they try to put a lot of hope in actually maybe having the child in, in uh, you trying, trying further and then ha- having, a, having another child and that becoming successful. And so they, they hold on to that hope and they don't want to uh, say anything uh, in that period because they they just want to focus on trying trying to have that and so that they think that okay if i if i succeed and allah uh, allah gives me uh, that child i don't have to address that issue anymore and i can boil it and i can put it away because now i've got the child exactly. and nobody nobody had to even know that i had to go through that thing uh because i never said it and i've got my child and nobody can say anything mm-hmm. and i but that probably still lives with you you know, it, it, even after you have the child, I think maybe we we feel like you know if we hit that goal, that's it. You know, I don't have to address this issue anymore. But you, you're probably still gonna have to live with it. So th- that's exactly a, a good point that you've raised, Rip. I know brothers who have been in that exact same situation, mm. and the way um, a husband deals with it and how the wife deals with it are two different. Like I know um, uh, uh, what's called an acquaintance of mine who's experienced that. And the wife can't forget. She yeah. still, even though they, they've had um, uh, kids after that, she can't forget the children that uh, it was called, um, that, that didn't survive. Yeah. And she's always thinking about them. Whereas the brothers are like, look, why, 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 like getting angry or frustrated, like, you know, it's fine. We've got this person, we've got this child, we've got more children, like, look at the benefit that we have. But again, he's not dealing with it. He's suppressing his, his emotions. He's, he's suppressing that heartache that he may have had. And yeah. I think what's more difficult is bottle that up as a brother. And then, you know, me and you, we, we go to eat or wherever it might be, and you're lashing out. I'm just going to think you're, you're in a bad mood or, oh, Shreib or Yusuf, he's always in a bad mood. He's always not coming out. You know, he's, he's on lock by his wife, so to speak. Why doesn't he yeah. ever come? He's actually maybe calling his wife. But if you don't express it, Mm. You know, um, your 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 family and your friends can't give you that space. They can't give you that support. And what they then infer is incorrect information that you're being hostile or yeah. you're being you're isolating yourselves from the community. Mm. You're not as active as you was before or was called. Oh, why aren't you free? You know, even your work can have an effect because yeah. your work is giving you additional pressure. And you're like, no, I can't do it. They're like, why can't you do it? And yeah. you might make an excuse and speak to someone else and they find out that that's not the reality. So they're like, oh, this person's a liar. So it just, it adds to the stress. It adds to the burden. When if you if you open up, with, open up, then people can give you that support. And I think, especially when it comes to like miscarriages, stillbirths, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing yeah. you've done wrong. It's nothing with yourself or your wife. It's an it's if it's not in your if it's not God of Allah, it's not there. Like it's yeah. something we have to accept that you know this is the journey that we're on. You you haven't done anything wrong, and you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Sometimes by us even keeping it quiet, we're adding to that that we are ashamed of what yeah. happened. And why should you be ashamed? You you know you had this child. It didn't happen forever. And and again, if it pass passes the a specific. 
uh, period, you know, we know that this child will go to Jantafidos. So be proud yeah. and have that honor that you've got a child already there. Like how many people are uh, in our communities? How many people do we know that we know is guaranteed Jannah? Guaranteed, yeah. hardly any. So that should yeah. be something you should be proud of. Yes, it's a loss, but also celebrate the fact that you know your child's there waiting for you, inshallah, you get to see them as well in the hereafter. Mm-hmm. And and also there are some narrations that that child will drag you towards Jannah with, with, with him or with her as well. So then, so even you're getting the, uh, the benefit of that. And also uh, that there is um, during the pregnancy that the wife uh, is narrated is in a state of struggle in a state of jihad essentially and she's getting rewarded for that in mm. every moment that she's pregnant so even if that pregnancy didn't go to the nine months and and the baby was born even if it ended uh, prematurely uh, still in that period that wife has benefited uh, for her akhirah or the mother sorry has mm. benefited from uh, for her akhirah from from just that that experience so definitely there's there's a lot of positive to take from it, and it's very um I think interesting that you managed to sort of understand a lot of that before uh, having having your child, because I think a lot of people, they only discover this later because now they're in mm. those circles of being around the mothers and the fathers and the families and talking about these things. Whereas obviously when you're single or when you're just a, a young couple, uh, that's not always at the forefront of your mind. It's not something that you're always looking out for. And so um, when it happens, it can come mm. as a shock. Because you've not looked into it or you've not uh, been around people who have experienced that. So I think it's good that you uh, managed to, uh, you were in the circumstances where there were people around you that shared that or you were able to see that or you, you did whatever research. Um, because then obviously that helped helped you to be kind of mentally prepared for anything that could that could uh, possibly happen. So let's go back now to to your uh, feelings and your story. So uh, you're ecstatic about becoming a father, uh, which is great. Uh, but how did those uh, nine months go uh, for you and your wife? Um, you know, were there any were there any complications that you wish to share that and and how you and your wife managed to get over that? Uh, and how did that sort of how did you balance those nine months whilst also be working full time and any other responsibilities that you have. So I think um, overall the, the journey was um, to, to, to uh, leading up to uh, the delivery was what you expect. Okay. Um, you know, we had our appointments um, because of COVID. Um, again, because um, my child's pretty much a COVID baby, had uh, the benefit of being working from home. So I had that level of flexibility where my wife had me to support her in terms of going to her appointments. If she needed anything at home, I was there to assist her. Um, I think the first time there was a bit of nerve that hit me was, um, and again, it was because of my circle as well. So I was was acutely aware that, you know, a child can have disabilities and um, all of these different uh, medical conditions. So I think it was, second or third appointment they said that they'll uh, take a sample of from my wife to determine um if uh, the child might have certain disability disabilities yeah so they've done that then they said they'll let me know within two weeks uh, in terms of the result so my wife was actually away she wasn't in the house and i got the letter so i opened the letter 
and I didn't read it properly. So I just, because I was trying to skim through, trying to find the juicy parts of the speech, <laughs> I just wanted to know what the was. And I read it incorrectly. And subhanAllah, Shreve, within those two minutes, I would like, I was thinking, ah, oh, I can't believe Allah SWT like, is challenging me or testing me in this way because I felt I felt that he, um, uh, there's, what's that medical condition, sorry? Um, Down syndrome. Down syndrome, that's yeah. it. So I, I read it and I, it was good. I read it as if that uh, my child was going to have Down syndrome. Yeah. And I know that's difficult. I've seen, um, you know, aunts and uncles who have had, a child with Down syndrome. And I was thinking me and my wife are going to have to dedicate our, our complete life around this child and our relationship isn't going to be the same. Yeah. So I was, within those two minutes, I was, I was thinking about all of these different things. And I was like, SubhanAllah, I don't know if I'm strong enough to mm. um, to to navigate this. I don't know, like my whole life is going to be, it's going to change. I'm going to have to maybe change my uh, career. I'm going to have to maybe like include my family a lot more because my wife's not my, between me and my wife are not going to be able to do this. But all of this was going through my mind in, within those two minutes. And I, was, I haven't even told my wife yet, thinking, how am yeah. I going to break this news to her? Then I, I, I reread it and subhanAllah, I reread it and it said that your your child does not have these <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> so I was like, subhanAllah, like this, that was a wake up that my first was that you know what? This, is, this isn't going to be as smooth sailing as I think it is. Right. Um, because I was thinking this is the first um, hurdle and this is the first scare. And yeah. I couldn't handle it. So I was thinking, what else is there mm. down the line? So obviously yeah. I called my wife. Was cool. we don't have this. But I was panicking. At that point, I was like, look, I need to just try and navigate this. And even though me and my wife are like are partners, I felt like I was taking my own journey because I didn't want to include her in certain things. Because I want to protect her, I want to make sure that she's not um, overtly stressed, and I don't want to say anything that could maybe impact the pregnancy as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of I was bottling up. There's a lot of things. Um, obviously, she was getting on my nerves here and there as well. Was <laughs> uh, with the pregnancy, but that's natural because she have cravings or she have this. Yeah. Yeah. Did she have some crazy cravings? She already has this much patience. Went down to this. <laughs> so. Um, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was like, I was waiting for like you know ice cream or something like that, but it was just like fruits and um, fish. It just it was, it was so boring. I was thinking at least let me just enjoy <laughs> this, but nothing amazing. You got it easy, man. cravings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that that was the first I'd say hurdle uh, that that we faced, and then you know it went it went well. You know she had um, she was struggling in terms of the pains. Yeah, all of that stuff. So it wasn't too bad. And then so how 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 did she, you as 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 the husband support her through that 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 pain and and obviously it's your first time. It is obviously yeah. if I, like I said I had brothers on the podcast who have been through multiple pregnancies so so they know how their wife's gonna react. You know by the time the second or the third child is there, they know what the process is gonna look like. They know what they need to do at what month, at what period, at the third trimester, the second trimester. But for you, it's obviously all new. And it's and, and what I find is that um, that period, it's not really explained to fathers in our communities. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of, it's expected that when you get there, you're just going to get along with it. You don't need to know about it. So how, how, how did yeah. you kind of support your, your wife through that? So I think the first thing I did was whenever I saw her agitated, I would try and uh, ask friends who have been uh, th through the same journey. 
leaning on people who have gone that experience, especially people um, who are similar to me in age, because I yeah. thought they'd have a better understanding. Mm. Um, and um, uh, my wife is, would be in the same age bracket as their wives. So they may have a similar upbringing, similar yeah. expectations. Because uh, first off, well, let me go to some el- my elders, but I think that, w- that wouldn't work really because they might not understand uh, some of the different dynamics that, that, that yeah. are in play. Uh, so that, that's one thing I did. Again, I was, I was reading a lot. I was trying to understand because uh, I downloaded a few baby apps as well, trying to understand what to expect down the line. Um, and then trying to be supportive. So if I knew certain things trigger my wife, then trying to counteract that beforehand or yeah. trying to make sure that she's as comfortable as possible. Mm. Um, so it, it, was, it was a bit of a challenge, but like I mentioned, that element wasn't too bad in terms of, I, I just had to bottle it up um, and not, not lash out. And to be honest, my wife in that regard was okay. She didn't have any like huge cravings. Uh, she wasn't losing the plot like constantly. So that, that alhamdulillah, I wasn't challenged in that regard. So I, I got off lucky. I got off lucky. <laughs> That's good. That's good, alhamdulillah. Uh, so uh, did you find out what the gender was uh, or did you wait until the birth? We waited. So we waited. We wanted wow, okay. Yeah, how, how, surprise. How, how did how did you uh, yeah. manage to do that man because i i couldn't do it right like so for the first one me and my wife like now we have we have to know we have to know i can't, I can't do it i need to know what it is yeah and for the second one i thought well you know why don't know experiment here so i'm gonna try and not not know but then my wife was still like no 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 she wants to know so she had to do her best to basically keep it from me so she found out but she didn't say anything. So if she would buy any okay. uh, clothes that might look, you know, uh, um, feminine and whatnot, because obviously the second one was a girl, Sarah. So she she would hide that. Uh, she would put it somewhere. She would say, don't go in there. There's going to be baby clothes there. You don't want to know what it is. Don't open that, that drawer. Yeah. So she had to like hide it from me and she hid it from the whole family as well. And then we only found out like at, at, at the birth. So how, how did you manage to like keep yourself from wanting to find out? So... Because again, it, there's no proof in this, but I already knew I was going to have a girl. I already knew, like, I had a feeling or already down the line. So I was like, I know it's, it's going to be a girl. So I didn't <laughs> well, it's only a 50 50% chance here. So <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just, it's just little things that, right. uh, the, the, that you know, because again, everyone that I know uh, recently was having a girl. Um, I always felt that my firstborn would be a girl. Okay, it's just little things. So okay. I just, I just, so so on that line as well. I thought, you know what? Let's keep it. So and she, my wife was adamant that she wanted to have it as a bit of a surprise. So okay, you know, okay. it wasn't <laughs> okay. So so when when uh, when uh, baby came, uh, uh, you weren't you weren't like obviously you I'm, I'm not to say you weren't happy but you weren't surprised that it was a girl basically because you you already had it in your mind yeah. but to be honest with you i wasn't even thinking about that because this is why it's, it's crazy because when it got to the birth everything i was planning for and even when i was speaking with israel was okay what should i expect uh, when my wife goes into labor mm-hmm. um you know what and i was asking you for advice i was like what did you go through um, you know, how did you support your wife? Is there anything I should um, expect as a red flag? You know, if the doctors are pressurizing me or the midwives 
saying something, how do I counteract that? So all of my preparation was for a natural birth. And my wife didn't have a natural birth. Okay. So I was completely, yeah. So I was completely caught off guard. I was like, so when I was in the hospital, I was like, what? And everything everyone said, all the research I had done went completely out the window. Oh my God. It was crazy. Yeah. So we got to the hospital on the, because leading up to the, um, her, uh, what's called, us having the baby, we we had like forced labor. So we went into, um, to those who who are watching, forced labor is when you think your wife's going to give, have uh, have a child. So you end up going to the hospital and they usually send you back. So they sent us back twice before they're like, look, your wife's not due yet. The third time, uh, we went to the hospital. It was about five five o'clock. Again, I, I assumed they'd send us back. I just didn't feel yeah. that my wife was uh, going to give birth. Her water didn't break or anything like that. So I was like, they're going to send us back. So we went into the hospital and they're like, no, we're going to review her uh, in about four hours time at midnight. So then I was like, well, they're like, yeah. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move you over to the theater and then your, your wife will uh, go into labor. And I was like, what? So straight away, I was like, oh, God, I was like, it's happening today. It's happening. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's happening. So I was, like, I was like, okay. So then those four hours, it's as if what I planned for. So my wife was okay. um, having issues. She was breathing. She was just in in a lot of play, a lot of pain, and we we're just waiting for her to go into labor. It got to about midnight, and then they moved moved her over to a, a private room, and that's when it completely went out the window. And um, we were in there. And then she's in, she's in a lot of pain. And there's one thing my wife kept saying to me, she's like, look, the one thing I don't want is epidural. So for those who are watching, epidural is like a give uh, to reduce the pain. So I don't mind gas in there, but the one thing I don't want is epidural. The reason being is because sometimes there are side effects with epidural. Yeah. Um, So she's like, whatever you do, make sure I don't have that. My wife was in so much pain. She was like breaking my arm. I don't think I I can even (laughs) Things. So she was she's holding my arm, she was crying, she's she's in she's in a in a in a very bad way, to be honest. Um, and then they're like, look, what's cool? We're getting ready, we're getting closer and closer to you giving uh, to you having um to, for, for for you to be in labor. Got to about midnight, um, and then about I think it was about half one, I think it was about one, one thirty. Um, and the doctors started speaking to themselves, and I was like, This doesn't look normal. That like, what's going mm. on here? they came to me and they're like you know, your wife seems to be in a lot of discomfort they're like um what's called does she want epidural she doesn't want epidural now 15 minutes went and my wife's like let's like, give me anything that that can reduce the pain because she's already on gas in there yeah and they're like well, the only thing we can do is give you epidural and then she went quiet yeah which basically I understood that she she wanted it but she didn't want to say it yeah of All course of time, yeah. She's like, i'm gonna do it i have a natural birth and I was, like, I was telling my wife i was like look there's nothing wrong with taking an epidural. If you're in a lot of discomfort, it's yeah. fine. I know there's side effects, but it's your body other than they only you can decide. And I'll yeah. go with what you say. I'm not gonna watch you be in discomfort. At the same time, I'm texting her mom and her mom's like, no, don't don't let her have it. I was, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you're not the one having to watch me. Like, I'm, I'm having to watch your daughter, my wife, you go through this. It's not nice to see. So I was like, I was like, it's fine, give her epidural, it's not an issue. And even though she didn't say yes, I said, as, as I give her a epidural, they're like, cool. Once we're in a delivery, we'll, we'll give her the epidural. Then they started looking at that the, the monitor and um, my baby's heart rate started dropping. Right. So that caused them concern. And mm. they came over to me and they're like, look, this isn't normal. 
uh, was called um, Don't Be Alarmed, but we're going to take her into theatre now. And then they go over to my wife, they're like, oh, it's just, and then, so they were, they were telling me that it's a serious problem. Yeah. They went over to my wife and they just reassured her, they're like, we're getting like a specialist, we wanted to be in a lot of comfort. And then yeah. they hit the emergency button, and there was like eight doctors that just ran in to, to the room. So straight away, I was like, caught off guard, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like eight doctors. They're just surrounding her, like looking at uh, the machine, looking at what's called uh, the, the stats. And again, I'm completely caught off guard because nobody told me about this like not you not my friends nobody told me about this I was like what is this so I was like I was panicking I was like I didn't know what to do I was like they're like look we're gonna have to go for a c-section so I'd heard of c-sections before and one of my friends his wife went through c-section so I was prepared for that so they're like what c-section is uh, for for again those who are watching is basically they do it a, a slit under the belly and then they remove the the child like that, and your wife is conscious, and you, um, the husband's there, and you can see uh, the baby being delivered in in that way. Uh, the wife is uh, numbed, so she doesn't feel any pain. So they're like, your wife's gonna go into C-section. So I was like, okay, cool. So they told me to get changed. I got changed. I come to the, uh, to theater uh, theater. Literally, they're about to put epidural in her. And maybe it's what's called Qadr um, Allah because she always said that she didn't want epidural. Yeah. And then within that, no, we can't uh, put epidural. We need to put um, uh, what's called her to sleep yeah. because there's been even further complications wow. with the baby. Baby's getting strangled inside. Um, so that was like a shock. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, we need to put her to sleep and we're going to carry out an emergency C-section. I was like, I've never even heard of that. I was like, what is that? They're like, yeah, we're going to put your wife to sleep and then we're going to take the baby out. You need to leave this room. I was like, no, I don't. They're like, no, you need to leave the room. You can't be here. No I way. Like, yeah, I wasn't, because I wasn't expecting that because yeah. everyone I knew was in the delivery room. And I, course, I didn't, yeah. At that point, I didn't want to argue what's called with the doctors and the midwives. I was like, I was like, is are you saying that I can't be here legally? Or are you saying that it's better for me uh, not to be in delivery? They're like, you can't be here. You're not allowed to be in here. So you need to step outside. Wow. Like, we'll, we'll call you in 15 minutes. Those 15 minutes were the longest 15 minutes of my life. I can imagine. Because I'm not there. And then obviously, like, because when we, I missed out part. So when we're moving from the um, the uh, the the private room to the theatre, I was telling my wife, look, I'm here. Don't worry. I'm here. You're not going to go through this alone. And then obviously in the theater, they're like, she was alone. She was literally alone. Like, I wasn't there. And then it was called. So I was in this, I was just outside the theater waiting. Obviously just making the curve, just uh, making yeah. dua. And it was just having Iman that was called that my wife's going to be okay. Yeah. Um. That's the, at, at that point, that's all you can have, faith. Mm. And then it's like some kabi kushi kabi gum moment. Oh, no, exactly <laughs> my wife's going to pass Way. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to raise my child by myself. I was thinking, uh, you know, some Bollywood story or something, man. It's crazy. And then family are messaging me saying, Oh, what's called? How's the baby? And I'm having to delay. I didn't tell them the truth. Mm. I was delaying information to them. I was like, uh, yeah, what's good? We're gonna go into theater soon. But my, my wife's already there. Yeah. Operating, but I'm not I'm not um frying that information, and they're like asking for updates. And I've seen the messages and then I, I'm not replying because I need to just find out step by step. So the information they were receiving was like 20, 30 minutes late. So that information was like past news, so mm. to speak, just to manage the situation. And then, yeah, so that, those 15 minutes I was, I was making dua, just having in mind that 
everything's going to be okay. Alhamdulillah, you know, they came back and they're like, um, your wife's okay. You've got a, a beautiful baby girl. And was called, cool. don't worry, they're okay. You'll be able to see them in about 20 minutes. I was like, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I was just happy at that point. Where they're like, the easy part was removing the baby, but it's going to take another hour for us to put um, stitch your wife back up. Yeah. I, was like, I couldn't believe Again, I was like, all of this was brand new information to mm. me. Okay, cool. And then I was like, can I see um, my daughter? They're like, yes, you can. So obviously, um, th- that was the whole labor situation. And then I got to a situation where when they finally let me see my child, I walked in and right at the end, I could see see her just like her little feet, basically, <laughs> wiggling around. Basically. But as I was walking towards my baby and then on the right hand side, I saw my wife and yeah. she looked like really bad way. She had like a gas mask on. She had uh, like wires in, in, in uh, what's good on her skin, everything. And I was like. Wow. So I, I, was, I was a bit confused. I do, like, yeah, like, this is meant to be the happiest moment of my life. And at the same time, my wife's there as well. Like, you know, I, I didn't know how to feel. I was a bit conflicted at that, yeah. at that point. Um, so obviously I went over to uh, to my baby. I, I done the dhan on her right ear. And then I brought her over to to her mom. Obviously I took some photos. And then her, again, it was called my family and her family are messaging me saying, Oh, like I told them, like the was called. Uh, she's had a successful baby. Blah. They're like, and they they want to know the gender. They're like, what's the yeah. gender? Uh, send us a photo, and I I didn't want to send them because they're like, because well, I, I thought if I don't send something, yeah, they're gonna worry. They're gonna yeah. why is he not sending us uh, images or telling us the gender of the baby? Yeah. At the same time, I wanted to save that moment with my wife because mm. I thought it's her right to see her child first. And um, was good to know the gender, all of those yeah. things. I wanted to share that with her. But and then I was thinking, do you know what? I need to just make a judgment call. And I did share it with her family and my okay. family. Because I thought, you know, if I don't, I don't know when she's going to wake up. And it's just going to cause more and more panic yeah. amongst the family. You're not going to be able to sleep. And it's just going to cause more issues. Because, again, all of her family were, were like, not pressuring. I understand it's concern. It's mm. care. It comes from a good place. And they're all assuming it's a healthy birth. I didn't tell them it's a C-section. I didn't tell them any of that. Um, and again, the same with my family. I didn't want to cause concern. So I shared all that. They were ecstatic. So can you imagine on this side, I've got like WhatsApp machines like celebrating. And then in re- the reality is completely different. <laughs> the reality is like, I was called my wife's like in, in a really bad way. And obviously my daughter's born. So I brought my daughter over to my wife. And it's funny, like, even when my wife woke up, she thought she was still pregnant. I was like, you've had the baby. Whoa. I said, like, the baby's been, yeah, she's like, she was like out of it. And then I was like, look, this is your, this is your baby. So I think she thought she was still in a dream. And then she fell back into a sleep. And then a couple uh, of hours she woke up. And then we got to share those moments. So subhanAllah, the, the, that whole labor period was something else. Because, and I think that's something I would advise brothers to do research on is you don't need to share that with your wife, but you should know with the difference between a, a labor a c-section and an emergency C- c-section and be prepared for all of those things like alhamdulillah yeah. the way i handled it i think it was probably the best way i could have handled it mm. but someone else could have handled it in a different way and it could have had different repercussions so I, I would advise brothers you don't need to share that with your wife but um wives did i say but like yeah you don't need to sh- share that with your partner but be prepared yourself so you're able to understand what your wife's going through 
um, and how to react and how to respond. And another advice I'd give to brothers is even if your wife is adamant that um, they, they don't want something, you know, take it um, as it as, as it happens and maybe be open-minded that they might change their opinion and don't hold them accountable for what they may have said um, leading up to the birth because at the end of it's their body. And if they're in serious discomfort, you can't then be like, no, I'm not going to do it. You yeah. said no, I'm not gonna do it. because you don't, I don't think you're not going through that. And, you know, you need to ha have a level of consideration for uh, the pain that they're, they're going through and the difficulty it is to, to give birth. But that's what caught me off, Shreve, because I wasn't prepared for any of Bro. that. Bro, that was you caught me off guard. Well, that's that's probably the longest I've been silent on a podcast, man. I was just engrossed in that. You started off the whole podcast like, yeah, alhamdulillah, the pregnancy was it was good, it was quite smooth. I was really excited, and you dropped this, man. I was like, subhanallah, that is a that's a story and a half, bro. And uh, that's definitely like an experience that you're not gonna forget. And um so many things to learn from that and i'm sure uh it's probably changed uh just the way that you now think about your relationship with your wife your relationship with your daughter um even with the family as well and uh it's probably even changed like your even had an effect on your iman i reckon uh in in terms of having to in that period like may have been one of the only times in your life where you felt like you had to completely surrender yourself to whatever Allah's plan was. Like you had no just control. Point, yeah, so just on that point you mentioned, Shreib. So uh, leading up uh, to the birth, me and my wife had a few names for, uh, for if it was a boy and if it was a girl. There's one name in particular that my wife was wanted and I was... Initially, I liked it, but then afterwards, uh, I, I just wasn't feeling it for whatever reason. I don't know, I think yeah. I got changed, and she was getting really annoyed. She's like, oh, you agreed this, that you changed. She's like, you're going to change if, uh, if, I was like, no, no, if it's a boy, I, I like this name. Um, but if it's a girl, I'm, I'm not really feeling this name. So she's like, oh, cool, whatever. And then, so she, she was like in love with this particular name. And obviously, as I was going through this journey, this difficulty, like you mentioned, that those 15 minutes, all I needed or all I had was Iman. Like that's the only thing I could bank on because I was in a lonely place. And after, you know, when I first got to see like no. my wife, you know, knowing Cutting the out there. was okay, knowing the baby uh, was okay. Again, I had that. This is the wrong moment to cut out, man. <laughs> okay, are you sure, back? Can you hear me? Yes, you're back. You're back. Hey, can you... Okay, apologies. All right. Oh um, man, that was so like yeah, I was, that was I like, like I was like I was like I'm listening, I'm listening, and then you start cutting. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so uh, yeah, I'm not so sure. You, uh, uh, what going? where you stopped was. Um, uh, just, just, uh, just go back to the bit where, where you said that uh, in those 15 minutes, all you had was Iman, and then you were about to explain the whole uh, baby name situation. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, all I had was Iman at that point, and I was making, like, obviously sincere dua that my wife and, and my child would be okay. When I, when I, again, when I saw them, 
you know, I had to have that in mind that, you know, they're going to get, my wife is going to wake up because when I saw her, she was just in a sleep. And then so when I finally gave, um, when my wife did wake up, it was only befitting that I named my child what my wife wanted originally or what she liked, which was Iman. Oh, <laughs> oh my days. You're you're dropping yeah, bars in this podcast, bro. You should you need to be uh yeah. you need you need to swap seats with me, bro. You need to be the host. No, no. <laughs> so it was crazy because that's the name she 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 liked. She liked Mashallah, I like different variations and other names I liked, but I gave her a thought and then you know I waited till the seventh day to officially name her. Yeah. I uh, thought let me just see if if there is any other names that pop up. But again, I thought, no, this is I think this defines and I want her to. Because again, a name really defines a person. Yeah. Um, and when she does ask me, like, "Daddy, you know, how did um, how did I get my name?" I think it's it's quite important that not only how she was born, but how she conducts herself in life. Yeah. I think she can always reflect on her name. And everyone goes through struggles and adversity in life, and I think that th- that's a good name for her to have, to understand, to have patience, to have sabr. And to continue to have faith that things will be okay in the end. And Allah SWT only tests us as much as we can take. So I think I think I'm I'm happy with the name Alhamdulillah in the end. So it's a beautiful name, it's man. Inshallah. Beautiful name with a beautiful story. I can't I can't wait for that moment where she does ask that and you you're able to tell her all of this and uh-huh. and and just have that 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 moment and that bond where she she realizes that actually, you know, uh my 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 like my father really was looking forward to having me and no matter what had happened in that he was always thinking like i just can't wait to have my daughter you know that that's yeah. what it gives that's the feeling it gives me it's like that whole thing was just like i just want to see my daughter whatever's happening i'm going to get through it i'm going to see my daughter that's 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 how i i, I feel when you're telling me that story yes Marshall, I said, oh, my heart you know it's uh, it's gone very soft <laughs> you know I'm just- <laughs> but okay. it's, it's, it's crazy Shreve, honestly like i think um and i think everyone has their own story their own journey and, and uh their own struggle uh from w- when they have a child uh, it might be different it might not be um similar to mine it might be very different but i think everyone has some sort of uh shock i feel like everyone goes through some little shock or some sort of scare within that period. Because even uh, when I mentioned, um, I got the results uh, for the test to determine if she's um, healthy or not. Everyone everyone has that. That's something that's uh, afforded to everyone. And so everyone would have that experience or that worry, okay, is my baby okay? Um, and how do I plan for that if it's not? Because I know yeah. people who have children uh, with those medical conditions and that's a strength and that's a test that they have to go through. So again, when I was younger, I used to think that, you know, you you get married, you have a child and it's very simple, but subhanAllah to actually have a healthy child without any complications is a long journey. And those nine months for me, uh, it was a marathon, but I wanted it to be over as in, um, not because um, that it was causing me stress or anxiety in terms of what the pressure my wife may have been giving me, but more so, I just wanted to make sure that the baby was okay and in my arms. I think yeah. that's the protector 
uh, as, as, as a male figure that you have, that you want to be that shield, you want to be that, uh, that warrior, whatever it is, to defend your child. And whilst it's in my, in my wife's womb, I can't do anything. And I think that was a difficult situation because yeah. my wife was building an attachment to my baby and I'm just on the sideline, just waiting yeah. around, yeah. not being able to do anything. So yeah. she's feeling she's feeling that uh, that one-to-one uh, closeness with my child. And I think that's one thing that my wife does have a a regret a regret about is yeah. that she wasn't there when um, Iman was initially born. Okay, um, it was my, me that was there. My boys just so walked in. <laughs> yes. What do you need? Go downstairs. I, I went in the castle. Oh, very good. Yeah. Issa, I'm doing some work. Can you go downstairs? It's freaking cold. Okay. Close the door for me, okay? Go. Go, go, go. Close the door. No, no, no. You go. <laughs> he closed the door and kept himself inside. <laughs> okay, you can stay here. Yeah? But sit over there. Sit there. Sit down. Play with your truck. Yeah, sorry. What were you saying? Yeah, I think, um, like I mentioned, everyone goes through that struggle. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think everyone needs to just be, try and be as prepared as much as possible and um, have faith and don't, whatever challenges you go you go through, see it as a blessing as well. Um, I think that's the best way to deal with it. I think it's a long journey and you need yeah. to have a lot of patience with it. And I think once you, the baby is here, it's, it's a completely different ball game as well because since Iman's come, Boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> it's been, that's, that's been another struggle, subhanAllah. That's but what again, I want to go into as well, bro. Go for it, go for it. Go on, go on. You, you, so you're going to finish off and then we'll go into it. Yeah, I was thinking it's harder than um, I expected. And when people say, oh, you don't get sleep, this and that, that's, that's really, really is true. Um, but I never really understood what they meant by that until yeah. uh, Iman was born. Um, because again, like... You're working on their time, not on your time. Yeah. And that's something I've always struggled with because I'm quite disciplined in my routine. Yeah. And now I don't have a routine. My routine is yeah. based around her and I can't do anything about that. So, you know, usually what was, wake up. What was your expectation of how that first month was going to go prior to Iman coming into this world? So I, I, I always heard about, okay, you're not going to get sleep. And I thought, that's fine. She's going to... So I assumed... She's not going to sleep in the night. That's fine. Then during the day, she'll sleep and I can carry on my my everyday business. That's what I assume, naively. Yeah. Machara, you, you have to understand. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that's what I thought. That, that was cool. If she's going to be up all night, not a problem, then she'll knock out during the day and I can carry on my business during the day. And then this I'll guy thought he was going to be living the life, you know. That's what I, I thought I'd deal, with, I'd deal with her around five, six o'clock. Then she'll probably awake them times, and then you know, again, keep me up in the evening. I was trying to work out the because I was thinking if she's not sleeping those eight hours in the evening, I was I was just shifting it to yeah, it doesn't work. They no. sleep like two hours a night, two hours here, two hours here, three hours there. So you can't really do anything. So yeah. that has been a big wake up call because um, I like routine. Yeah. And I like having, uh, like doing things at a particular time. And she's just literally chucked that out of the, out of the, out of the window, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm trying to adjust. I still haven't got it. There isn't a, a healthy balance at the moment because we've had a lot of guests 
family and friends come to yeah, see. Of course, yeah, naturally, yeah. So that's also um, quite fresh as well. So I don't think I'm going to get a routine until another like couple of months. There's a pro and a con to that because, like, when uh, one of my daughter was born, she was born in the middle of the lockdown, the the first lockdown, and um, mm. that's when the rules were the most strict. And mm. uh, so we didn't really have that many visits. I think it was literally just my mum and my wife's mum that came around for the first few weeks, and. The pro in that was like we got the time to ourselves. We got time with Sarah ourselves. We didn't have too many disturbances. We were able to just focus. But the con to that was that she, you know, for the first I would say six to twelve months of her life, she was very shy of other people. She's very reluctant to get picked up. She was very reluctant to socialize. Whereas Isa. He was socializing from day one. He was happy to be around and being picked up and played with and whatnot. Now Sarah's starting to open up a bit more. Obviously, she's had a lot more exposure since then and lockdown rules at ease and etc. But for that first year, she's like sixteen months now. But for the first year, she was she was very much like that. So I'd say there's a there's a pro and a con to that because Iman will probably be able to develop those relationships with your family a lot yeah. sooner because they've been around. Yeah. But obviously, that means that you and your wife are going to be having to play host whilst also trying to take care of a, a, a small baby. I think, yeah, I think that's the challenge because I don't think since she's been born, we've had a weekend just me and my wife, to be honest with you. Um, and again, like you mentioned, it's pros and cons because people have been very helpful and supportive. Like people bought food over, um, you know, I was cool. My mom's been here to look after him, man. So we've had that support network. Um, but another difficulty that we're, we're, we're facing is she's not getting a routine because we've got so many people coming over here yeah. and there. Um, so that, that's the challenge. But you're right. I think there's pros and cons. The pro, we have to look at the pros. The pro is she's a very um, social baby in a sense that as long as she's getting cuddled, she doesn't matter who, who was called, who she goes to. As long as she's warm, that's all she cares about. So um, there's pros and cons to that as well. You're right. MashaAllah. And how, how are you as a father building a bond with, with Iman so early on? Because like, like you mentioned, during the pregnancy period, you didn't feel like you could build a bond yeah. because your, your wife was connecting with the baby, but you weren't. But also in the first month, um, it's probably for for a lot of brothers a similar feeling because uh, if, for example, your baby's being breastfed, then even that time when you could have been bottle feeding uh, uh, your baby, actually it's being breastfed. So not you can't even do that. Maybe the most you could do is change a nappy. But other than that, she's always with the mum. And then yeah. or, and 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 then you're going back to work pretty much. You know, you, you, paternity is only two weeks. You pretty much have to go straight back to work. So you get very little time to to connect with the baby. But there are ways around that. So what did you do to kind of build that bond? So again, alhamdulillah, I've been very fortunate with uh, my work. Uh, we, we, they've actually taken a hybrid model, so okay. I've got a lot of flexibility to uh, be uh, with Iman, and I've had that contact with her. So we're, we're actually building a, a very good uh, relationship in terms of um, even if she's with me, like even in the evening, she calms down. To be honest with you, she calms down more uh, when she's with me than uh, than her mother because I give in, to be honest with you. Like she'll just lie down on my chest and she'll want to go to sleep. Whereas my wife's like, don't let her sleep on your 
chest because then she's not going to let me sleep in the yeah. evening right you get it so so she's doing it from a, a pragmatic uh, uh uh point of view whereas me i'm gonna listen i haven't had no <laughs> uh, no attachment to, to this girl i'm just gonna do whatever i want yeah so then obviously like, so me and my wife have those um uh, clashes and battles because um she knows she knows already that she's got me wrapped around her finger so any energy anytime she wants to think oh like my wife the spiritual like, oh, i'll let her leave let her just um cry a little bit um and then she'll just calm down but the minute i hear one why i'm running over <laughs> jumping like that this and that whatever she wants and until until my wife starts making a reappearance again so um i think look we're, we're trying to find our way and yeah. I th- I, uh, there isn't a uh, any right way of parenting i think everyone has a different way to parent um and we're just trying to find our feet as well um we'll probably definitely get things wrong and we'll, we'll definitely get some things right um i think that's where we are at the moment i think i'm building a good bond with iman um, and i'm happy where, where that is going um and i think it's still early days i'm just waiting for her to be able to uh interact so we can we can understand her needs and wants and her behaviors uh, a bit yeah. better yeah i think that's where we're at the moment and i was yeah. talking to 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 a, a brother yesterday and just catching up with him and he teaches in a school and he said that he notices the difference between children in his classroom who come from a uh, a household where both parents are involved in their life and show love to them versus those households where um maybe the parents are detached from their children or it's a broken family single parent whatever it is right he says you know this is the difference and i said to him that you know i think that the most important thing that a parent can do i mean i'm just chatting from my head here because i don't have kids that are that old mm. yet but as far as i can see that those parents that can show love to their child that can be basically making sure that they are present in the home and whilst they're present in that home they are showing love to their children even if they are not the best parents in terms of educating their child they're not the best parents in terms of getting everything right yes baby as long as you can show love to your child even if you can't get all of the parenting hacks and trips and uh, all that kind of stuff right uh, even if maybe you're not the most practicing parent islamically uh, and you can't role model that to your child if you can make sure you're active in the household and showing them love i think that is going to make the biggest difference to how that child uh grows up in terms of their confidence in terms of their growth in terms of their relationship with other people and their peers um isa don't touch that in terms of uh, just just their their their, their wholesome self and that's what i try to remind myself about when isa don't go there Yeah, just don't go there. You know, you're going to hurt yourself. This is I'm not going to cut this out, you know. This is like real <laughs> life right here. Hey, stop. Stop, stop. Okay, it don't touch be a it, okay? Podcast if there wasn't kids running around. Don't touch it, okay? Don't touch it. It's going to Don't touch it. It's going to fall. Don't touch it. It's going to fall. <laughs> it's going to knock over the camera in a second. Uh So um what was I saying? Yeah, that's what I try to remind myself about, you know, because sometimes I feel like at the end of the day I'm failing Isa, I'm failing Sara. Like I haven't you know, maybe I've given them too much screen time for example. Maybe I haven't uh, I haven't reacted in the right way in terms of my emotions and maybe I was getting angry with them too much. Isa, don't go there. Stop. 
But I know, but I'm trying to stop you getting hurt. <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe you know, I'm fading in these departments, but then I try to remind myself that as long as I'm present, I'm showing them love, that that's going to be most important. And he's turned off the light. Good job. All right. Keep, don't turn right, it off. You know what? I completely agree with you, Shrey, because the way I look at it is, um, I don't, I don't, I, look, we all, all want to give the best for our children. Uh, we want them to have, you know, the best education. We want to be able to um, spoil them. We want them to um, be surrounded by uh, people of good nature. Yeah, I agree with all of those things, but we have to also be pragmatic in terms of what can we physically do yeah. to make sure that that takes place. Yeah. And the most important thing is to actually be there, to be present. Yeah. And for me, the way I try and live my life is breaking things down in uh, seven. So making sure that every day I commit seven quality hours to work, seven quality hours towards sleep, and seven quality hours to recreational activities. That could be, you know, as an example, spending time with my family and my yeah. kids. And the other three can be a combination of whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and at least that way, you know, you've got balance in your life. Yeah. You're not overworking at the expense of your children. Yeah. You're not... Um, and at the same time, you're not um, spending more time with your children at the expense of work, because then you've got yeah. that balance where you know that if I'm giving X amount of hours, this will, this is one third of my time that I'm giving, this is the yeah. max output I can give towards work, and this is um, the level of income that I'll be able to achieve from it. And alhamdulillah, you know, live amongst that to give to your family, because at least that way you're not compromising your time with your family. Yeah. Um, yeah, this yeah, is, this say, is my cameraman right here, by the way, in case you're wondering <laughs> what's going on. Because yeah, someone I gave, like that rule. I like that rule. Because yeah, someone could give 10, 12 hours towards their family. That's yeah. fine. And if, for example, but if that's going to compromise your work, yeah. you're not then therefore being able to give uh, a quality uh, life to, you, to your family. Yeah. And if you've got that balance, that split per balance, then you're yeah. not really doing it at the expense of any of the other ones. And again, you need to look after your well-being as well. And sleep is important, especially yeah. now that you've got it as well. So if you've got seven hours quality sleep, then alhamdulillah, you know, you're living that balanced life. I think a lot of people are going to say, you know, that's a great rule, but bro, you don't know what you're getting into. Your baby is only one month old. You think you could keep this 777 rule, uh, but you're not going to be able to. But you know what? I think it's, it's uh, the principle behind it. You know, uh, the numbers, yeah. the numbers don't really matter. It's the principle behind it. Yeah, and uh, as long as as long as you can do that, <laughs> then then uh, that's, that's definitely it's good. Do you know, what, bro, I think this this is Issa telling me that it's time to close up the podcast. <laughs> All right. Oh, so. Uh, Isa, stop, stop. I'm going to I'm gonna press it. I'm going to press it. You wait for me, okay? So, Jazakallah uh, khair, bro. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, <laughs> we're going to have to wrap up there. Uh, and inshallah, uh, look, I, I, we need to... This was like probably my favourite episode, yeah? So we're going <laughs> to... I think that's a wrap. <laughs> okay. So, I don't have video anymore. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap up there. All right, Yusuf, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. Assalamualaikum.